Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. We are all uh, aware that school is out for the summer. Parents are very aware uh, that that has taken place. Um, But what I'm going to do with you today is I'm going to actually take you back to school Uh, We're going to go back to your favorite class. We're going to go back to English literature. Super stoked. You excited to be there with me? Uh, Those of you who who know a little bit about uh, me and where I've come from, when I pastored in uh, the Front Range uh, at a little church in Lyons, Colorado, it was a season of my life where I was bivocational as well. And for seven years, I taught high school English, a whole bunch of different classes uh, within that time frame. But English literature was by far uh, one of my favorite because of the stories and kind of the writing that we would do within that. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at a storyboard template. We're going to consider kind of how a story is put together and what makes it a dynamic story. And we're going to consider our lives in that way within the purview of our new sermon series, Heroes, Discovering Your Kingdom Adventure. So we've spent the last couple of weeks kind of outlining that, that Jesus's call to follow him is really an invitation to go on a kingdom adventure, that it's not just to come and passively be around him, but it is to participate with him in the things of the kingdom of God, that there's a calling out of God's design and plan and purpose for your life that goes with that, and that we are called to move forward into those things. And as we've begun to think about that, and as you have maybe been stirred in your heart or prompted by the Holy Spirit to consider uh, where, where is your adventure in the kingdom of God to take you, and what are you supposed to do as a result of that? Maybe you've begun to, to sense uh, a, a feeling of, well, I'm not really sure where I'm at in my journey, and I'm not sure how to progress. And in fact, many times, uh, we can become frustrated in our lives because we feel stuck. Stuck in a season, stuck in a place, stuck in a rut, stuck in a cycle, And so what I want to do today is I want to give you a template to kind of consider uh, your growth and transformation in your walk with Jesus and maybe some helpful tools to move past one season or one stage into another that's going to continue to move you forward and encourage fruitfulness in your lives. And if you think about just kind of a, a short story and you had to go back to English Lit and you had to write one of those, there were some basic parts for that, right? And just a basic storyboard. You had an introduction, you had a rising action, you had a climax, you had a falling action, and then oftentimes a resolution. But if, you know, writers wanted to be really mysterious, they would leave it unresolved, right? And you'd be like, what's going to happen next? And they're like, buy the next book, something along those lines like that. There's another type of a template that is helpful for us when it comes to the development of a character and the character's transformation. So not just having a story that's interesting, but having a character that becomes something that they weren't. And I think that this is helpful for us to consider because you and I have spent some time in our sermon series prior to this talking about being made new 
in Christ, that we are a new creation, that we put on the new self, that we put off the old self, that we're renewed in the attitude and the perspectives of our minds. All of those things have to do with this transformative language. And as we look at the journey of becoming heroic for the kingdom of God, this transformation process is a part of that journey and honestly necessary for us to endure to the end and see that victory that God's designed for us. And the template that we're going to be looking at is called the hero's journey. And, and maybe that's something that you're a little bit familiar with. You could actually uh, go and find a number of different uh, ways that this is outlined. And it can be very, very specific and detailed. We're going to stay very broad and vague for us and just look at four specific processes or stages in what's called the hero's journey and how that might be helpful for us to consider what's going on in my life now and how do I move forward in the things that Jesus has for me. And so through the stages of the hero's journey, what you find in those stories that are the, your favorites is that there was a once kind of obscure or unassuming individual that by the end of that epic or the end of that heroic tale, they have been transformed and they'll never be the same again. And so you can think of this in terms of classic literature and you can look at Beowulf or you can go to Disney Plus and look at your Marvel comic movies. It's the same type of transformation story in these heroic epics. And what's outlined is the change in the individual. And for you and I, the change that Jesus has done in us, there's this instantaneous change, this recreation of us at our profession of faith when we are saved or born again or ask Jesus into our heart. There's a number of, you know, kind of quirky uh, ways that we identify that, but there's this instantaneous transformation. And then you and I know that there's this process of growing and becoming the man of God, the woman of God that we were designed to be and seeing exponential freedom and fruitfulness in our lives. And that process is a transformation process. So I think that this template is going to be helpful for us. So there's four parts of the hero's journey. We're going to look in uh, detail in those, but just those of you who are note takers, you like to know where we're going ahead of time. I want to outline these things for you. So the four stages in the process of transformation, the first one is the call to adventure. And we'll look at that in a little bit more detail. The second one is called the initiation. And this is where the call to adventure now becomes a move or a step of faith or a going out. The third stage is called transformation. And this one is the most difficult. And in any of the stories that are your favorite, this one's the most exciting. This is where, the, where all of the, the, the climax of hardship is being encountered. And this is in, in the stage where there's a real kind of shift or change in the main character. And then the last stage or the fourth stage is called the hero's return. And what that considers is how does this once individual who's been transformed go back to life the way that it is, knowing that they aren't the way that they were. And so these things I think will be really helpful for us as we think about uh, what God is doing in our lives. And will give us some ways to face the challenges that impede us. The call of God on your life, and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, is a call to adventure. The invitation of Jesus to follow him isn't to come and sit and have him pat you on the head and say, you're a good girl, you're a good boy, everything's going to be all right. It's an invitation to go with him and to do with him dynamic things for the kingdom of God. 
And whenever there's an invitation from the Lord, there is a necessary response from us that leads us or moves us forward in transformation. And our transformation is often the primary consideration of Jesus's invitation. See, when Jesus invited the disciples, it wasn't just for them to be a part of what he was going to do. He knew that the invitation of Peter to come and follow him was going to change Peter from being a fisherman to being a fisher of men. You remember he even called that out and said, what you have done before, you will no longer do again. You will do what you have been designed to do in a different and new way. And you can follow that kind of that arc of transformation and that pro uh, progress and change in many of the disciples in particular. And oftentimes, this process of transformation can be traced through this idea of a hero's journey or this uh, process of transformation. And most often, the change, the progress, the victory is achieved through facing difficulties. And this is why it's really important for us, because oftentimes when things get difficult, we want to kind of pull back. We want to tap out. We want to find an easier road. We want to maybe hedge our bets or we're not really sure we want to endure that type of process or refinement. And so this, I think, can be helpful for us this morning. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and get it out. If you've got your smartphone or your tablet, go ahead and open up your Bible app. Lord, we ask that you would give us soft hearts today to hear from your word. Lord, give us eyes to see what is true about where we are in our walk with you the challenges that we're facing, and the opportunity that is before us to lean into those difficulties and to be changed because you are with us and your heart is for us. Lord, sir, help us to be open to the transformation that we want to do in each one of us and where we can extend that invitation to others to be transformed by Jesus as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So with your Bibles out, you can go ahead and open up to Luke Chapter 9, we're going to be looking at uh, a main narrative con uh, context there before we move forward. But we're going to start looking at the four stages of the hero's journey. And as we go through these stages, what I would invite you to consider is where do parts of your life land into one of these stages? And you can consider the big overarching narrative of your salvation. So have you started a journey with Jesus? Where are you growing and developing and being discipled? What major challenges are you facing? Or where are you inviting others to be a part of that? So maybe you consider that. Or maybe it's going to be a specific area of your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe between you and your spouse or you and your kids. Maybe it's a, uh, an in-laws type of relationship. Maybe it's a dynamic with your neighbor. Maybe this has to do with issues of character and refinement in you. Uh, issues of, of anger or habits and hang-ups. Things that you know that need to change and you're kind of struggling through. So think in the broad terms of your life or in the individual areas of your life. But allow the Holy Spirit to give you eyes to see maybe where you are and how you can move forward to be changed, to be transformed and to see the difference in your life. But the first stage, right? The first stage is the call to adventure. And we talked a little bit about this in week one of this sermon series, that Jesus says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. And in kind of the literary template, if you're, if you're looking at the way that storycraft is done in literature, the call to adventure is an invitation to leave behind what you know and to go off into the unknown. That there is a, a leaving behind what is safe, what is understood, what is comfortable, and there's somehow this, this stepping out. And this is really needed because any good story has to have movement in it, right? 
You know, so if yesterday, like your Saturday life story is you just sat around and ate potato chips and Netflixed all day, like the story of your life would not be a very compelling one. And if you wanted to introduce somebody to a conversation about your Saturday and that's the story that you shared with them this morning, you've already bored them to death, right? It's got to have movement. You've got you've to go. And the call to adventure is a call to leave what is ordinary and to move off into the unknown. And certainly when it comes to following Jesus, that's a primary part of the invitation. But there's two other things that fall into the call to adventure when you're considering this literature template, and it's these two things. One is there's this tension as to whether to say yes. And you may think back to when you surrendered your life to Jesus and think about the kind of the turmoil and the tension that you went through before you actually said yes there. Or you may presently have an area in your life that the Holy Spirit is trying to draw to your attention to say, hey, let's deal with this. Let's resolve this. Let's deal with this brokenness or this, uh, you know, this issue of character. And you're like, "Mm, la, 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 la. I'm not sure that I want to do that. That's this stage. It's where there's a call to let go of what is, to embrace what could be, and there's tension in this phase where I'm not sure I want to do this. The other thing that is found in this stage has to do with uh, a preparation, that there's a preparation in the character to kind of move forward and to go. Now, I want you to think about that as we look at Luke chapter 9, and we're going to see a conversation between Jesus and three other would-be disciples And I want you to consider this call to adventure. Now, if you think about Peter, James, John, Andrew, you think about uh, Levi, the the tax collector, you, you, you think about these individuals that Jesus called by name and invited them to come. They all had this opportunity to respond to the invitation. And as you read the gospels, they, they went, they left what they knew and they went off with Jesus into what they did not know was going to take place. But the call to follow him was one that he often used. In fact, in a very general statement, he says, you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. That anybody who would be his disciple would have to respond in this way. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 57, we're going to see some kind of give and take conversations between Jesus and three individuals that are characterized here. So let's look at verse 57. As they were walking along the road, the the day is Jesus and his disciples and uh, a larger crowd with him. A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Right? That sounds pretty good. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Now, this is kind of an obscure statement. I'm going to give you a little bit of context for it, but we're not going to do a deep dive into this narrative because it's just illustrating a part of what we want to tackle this morning. But the man is basically saying, Jesus, I'm going to come to you and be where you are. And his expectation is Jesus is going to have a place. In fact, most rabbis or teachers or leaders at the time would set up a school or a place where they resided and would-be disciples or students would come to them and stay with them. In fact, that was kind of the Greek philosopher type of a template that was uh, uh, known at the time. But but Jesus said, hey, basically, if you're going to come and be where I'm going to be, you have to know that you're never going to know where you're going to be because I'm constantly moving. If you're coming to me, you're going with me and you will constantly be on the move. And so he's, he's giving them and him an understanding of what it means to be a disciple, that it's not to come and stay, but it's to come and then go and do with Jesus. And then he moves on and it says, he said to another man, this is Jesus speaking. So now there's this invitation, you come follow me. And the man replied first, let me go and bury my father. 
And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. This sounds like a pretty calloused uh, uh, statement, doesn't it? So it's like, hey, I've got a funeral for my family. And it's just like, just let the rest of your dead family bury your family. And like, let's go. Like that, that it seems kind of harsh. That's not what Jesus, he's not being dismissive. He's not being calloused here. And there's uh, some nuances, the way that theologians and scholars would kind of unpack how and what is actually being said here. But what is taking place is Jesus is giving an invitation and the man is saying, not yet. I'm not quite ready for that. You, you can hear that in the call to adventure, right? That tension, come and follow me. Hmm, let me get some stuff in order first. Then you move on. Still another said, I will follow you. Jesus didn't even have to speak the invitation. This man is already uh, saying that he will take it. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. A similar type of excuse. I will follow you, but it's going to be later. But trust me, it's going to be good. And Jesus said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, you don't, you don't get to go back. You have to go forward. This is a, this is a call to adventure, a call from a, away from what you know and what is comfortable into what is possible in being a participant in the things of the kingdom of God. Of God, And ultimately what you have here is you have this tension of in being invited to go with Jesus and the, the challenge of excuses and why we wouldn't want to do that. And if you think back to maybe when you received Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you said yes to Jesus, when you invited him into your heart, however you would uh, speak about that, if you think back to the, the challenge and maybe the struggle of getting to that point of surrender, then you understand kind of this, this give and take here. But there are other areas in our life where the word of God would expose a need in us to be changed or would expose a wound in us that needs healing, a broken in, brokenness in us that needs to be made whole, where the Holy Spirit would draw our attention to that and say, hey, let's deal with that. And then there's the tension. I'm not sure I want to do that right now. I don't, I'm not sure I'm ready to grow in that way or let go of that thing or give up this pursuit. And that's what's going on. So if you have an area in your life right now where you're feeling that tension, what you are in is in the stage of call to adventure. And the Lord is saying, hey, can you let go of what is right now for the possibility of what I could do in your life if you would just take that step or that journey? So if you move out of the call to adventure, so if you've said yes to Jesus and you're a Christ follower, you've actually taken that step and you've moved into this next stage. If there's an area of your life where you're feeling the tension of responding to the Holy Spirit's prompting to, to move forward or to grow or to develop, then you're still in this stage and you're teetering on whether or not you want to take that step of faith. But once you take that step, you move into what is called the initiation stage. So this is in that, that template of literature kind of story craft where you move from the call to adventure to initiation. And in the initiation stage, you're taking a step and you can't go back. You're taking a step and you can't go back. And can I tell you, if you've said yes to Jesus, just in kind of the overarching narrative of your life, you've taken a step, you've received him as your Lord and Savior, you can't actually go back to who you were before. And if you try, you're going to find it doesn't fit. It doesn't work anymore. How many of you have, have said yes to Jesus, seen him redeem your life, moved out of a lifestyle habit or issue that was very self-destructive, felt like, oh man, I'm not really sure I'm willing to give that up, have tried to go back to that old thing and found out that it's empty and it doesn't work anymore. 
I have so many friends who have come out of kind of addictive scenes or party scenes and they moved forward and they said yes to Jesus and then life started getting a little bit difficult and they thought, you know what, I'm just going to go back to the way it was and they went back and guess what, there was no life in the party and there was no respite in the drugs or the alcohol, like it just, it didn't work anymore. What happened? You were changed. You set out in a course where you can't actually get back. And in the initiation stage, you move forward to a place to, there's just enough change that you can't go back comfortably to the way that it was. You can force your way back and just say, you know what, I'm not going any further, but it will never be even as, as comfortable as it was prior to the first steps of your journey. And there's two other things in kind of the literary template that are a part of the initiation stage. And it's that at this stage, the character receives a mentor or a helper or a guide, somebody who's going to come and be a part of their growth and a part of their transformation process. And the other thing is that they face difficulties. And that's why when we take a step of faith and we move forward in following Jesus, when we get to this stage, we're not really sure we want to keep going because things get difficult. But we need to be reminded that as we move into this, that Jesus has provided us a mentor or a helper or a guide to move us forward in these areas. In John chapter 14, verse 26, if you've got your Bibles, you can get there quick. John chapter 14, 15, and 16, as Jesus is spending his last uh, night teaching the disciples, he focuses on the person and role of the Holy Spirit. And he's encouraging them that even though he is going to his death, he's going to ultimately uh, rise again, but then ascend and leave them. That as this is taking place, that there is another who is com coming to be with them. And so John chapter 14, 15, and 16, I would just encourage you to read those three chapters at some point this week. It'll give you a fuller view or picture of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. But in verse 26, Jesus says this specifically, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, look at this, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. That I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he is going to be the mentor, that he is going to be the guide, that he is going to be the helper who moves you forward in this new kingdom dynamic. Because Jesus was being very clear with his disciples that though he was present in body and person, that that was not going to be how they continued. And so there's this uh, introduction of the Holy Spirit as that helper and mentor. And we need to be reminded of this. If you're in a stage right now in your walk and development of faith or in an issue in your life where the Lord is looking to bring transformation... And you are, are, are moved forward a little bit, but now you're becoming hesitant because it's become difficult. Just the Holy Spirit is with you. You have not been abandoned and it's not up to you and your strength and your cunning and your ability to somehow find your way forward. That you haven't been cast adrift to the sea to navigate on your own or you haven't been abandoned in the dark to feel your way out but that the Holy Spirit is present and with you to move you forward into the plans and purposes of God in your life. There should be great confidence and comfort in that. Because the other thing that happens in the initiation stage, and what's interesting is just at the end of John chapter 16, Jesus introduces this fact as well. In the initiation stage, there's this crossing over and moving forward. There's the addition of a mentor or a helper. And then there is difficulties. 
This is where the story begins to kind of climb in a rising action. There's difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. It's not the main challenge. It's not the main battle. It's not the climax. But there's all of these things that are impeding the progress of the hero going forward. And the hero is actually not heroic yet. They're being developed through these small, minor difficulties. And in John chapter 16, verse 33, when Jesus gets done talking about the Holy Spirit being present and active in the life of believers, he gets to this place where he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Some translations of scripture actually add many troubles. It's not just you're going to have trouble. You're going to have a lot of it and frequently and it's going to come at you hard. Right? Have you found that about life? You know, sometimes we suffer under this delusion that before I came to Christ, that's where all of my troubles were. And after I have Jesus become a part of my life, that it's trouble free. No, it's just different types of troubles. It's troubles that are looking to impede your growth and your fruitfulness and your walk with the Lord. Troubles that are looking to cripple and debilitate your spiritual transformation. But they're still there. And in the initiation stage, these troubles are typically uh, frequent. Because they're not giant, soul-crushing troubles. It's just niggling every day, often, what, again, those types of things. So if you are in a place in your life, maybe you've got an issue that the Lord has been kind of drawing you out to, to contend with. Maybe you've got a place of unforgiveness in your life and the Lord is working in there. And it seems like as you've been trying to forgive this person or, or forgive this situation, as you've been trying to wrestle through, what does that even mean? Does it mean that I have to forget about it or pretend like it didn't happen? No, it doesn't. So as you've been kind of struggling how to do that, Maybe it's been uh, time after time, just kind of small reminders or little reaffirmations of those things. Or maybe that person is doing the exact same thing that you're trying to forgive them of, but they just did it to you again, right? And so it's just like, oh, I'm stumbling through this process. What's going on? You're in this stage. You're in this stage where you're having to deal with difficulty and press through. But in this stage, in story development, this is where the character grows and develops new skills. And can I tell you that in the, in the process of discipleship, when you just look at the way that scripture outlines discipleship and your growth and the pruning of God and the refining in your life and the fruitfulness that comes as a result, a lot of that is this initiation stage. I've moved forward. I can't go back. The Holy Spirit is present with me, but I'm dealing with difficulties and problems. But if we can resolve that that's a good place to be because we are being developed and transformed, we will be more apt to press through those things instead of doing what we're tempted to do, and that is to go back. We want to pull away because things have gotten difficult. So we're looking to restore or repair or reconcile a relationship with that, uh, with that neighbor or that family member, and now it's getting hard, and we want to just say, well, nuts to you. It was easier when I just didn't have you as part of my life. We try to retreat, but if you push in and you endure, you lean into the Holy Spirit and allow him to work transformation, there is actual hope that you can reconcile your broken relationships. There is actual hope that you can see breakthrough in that place of addiction, that there is freedom in Jesus' name, that those things are true. But as you deal with difficulty, you have to be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit through those to address those things and to see that breakthrough and change. 
And then as you move through this initiation stage, if we're just staying with our hero's journey, and this isn't the only way to think about this, but it is a helpful template, you move from the initiation stage to the transformation stage. And in the transformation stage, this is where whoever kind of the, the, the heroic character or the prime character is, this is where they go undergo a fundamental change where they become wholly and completely different. They can never and will never be the same that they were before. And so if you're thinking about your Marvel comic movie or you're thinking about something like Beowulf, this is going to be the, the, the climax challenge or the climax crisis or the climax uh, failure or the climax discovery. It doesn't always have to be a negative thing, but it is a major thing. And oftentimes it is a major challenge. In believers, it's a crisis of faith or it's a failure. Not just like, oh, you know, I, I backslid. It's an epic failure. And it's in this stage that there's an opportunity to press through excruciating discomfort to be refined and reshaped into something altogether different. And there are, there's just a, a litany of examples in Scripture, Old and New Testament alike. And you can think of somebody like Jacob who stayed on the, the side of the river alone after sending his, his family and all of his possessions across. And in the darkness of night on the other side of the river, he meets and wrestles with God and he has changed and he is never the same. Again, you may think about somebody like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that as the king says, you will bow to this idol or I will throw you in the fiery furnace. That there is this uh, greatest challenge, like the, the, the challenge of a lifetime. And they say, King, if you throw us in the fire, our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, nuts to you. That's my translation. You won't find that in the New King James or the NIV or NLT. That's Ben's version. But even if he doesn't save us, we will never bow to anybody else. Man, that, like, that's crazy transformation. You may think of somebody like, like Saul who was persecuting the church. This is recorded in the book of Acts and, and he is moving towards Damascus and he's going to stamp out this new group of disciples and Jesus followers and he meets Jesus on the road and he has this crisis moment, this crisis moment and he can respond in one of two ways. But this is, the, this is the turning point. This is the transformation point for Saul. And he is no longer Saul the Pharisee who persecutes the people of God. He becomes Paul the apostle who takes the gospel to the ends of the earth. Like it was a transformative moment. You may think about somebody like Peter. Peter was transformed more often by failure. Most of us like Peter. We got a soft spot for him. So we see a little bit of ourselves in him. But in the courtyard, as he denies Jesus over and over and over. And then Jesus, it says that the rooster crowed and Peter remembered what Jesus said. And one of the gospel writers lets us know that Jesus made eye contact with him. It wasn't just that he denied Jesus and Jesus was off somewhere else. He was there, present in the place and at that moment when the Rooster crowed, he makes eye contact with them and he's broken. But when you read the rest of the gospel of John, it's that brokenness that leads to the reinstating of Peter at the end of John's gospel. And he moves from being an impetuous, 
failure to the rock on which the church is built. He was transformed. And even though he had had small failures up to that point, and he had had little victories up to that point, this is the one that brought about the greatest amount of transformation. It was an epic failure. See, the transformation process, like that part of the development, it's, it's the hardest. It's the most difficult. It's where you're going to face your, va- your, your greatest challenge or you're going to go into the darkest pit or whether you're going to come face to face with your deepest failure. But it's, it's necessary to go through that crucible for you to actually be changed on the other side. When scripture talks about the refiner's fire, like that's not a pleasant process. It's a, it's a violent, fiery process that is required to get out of the impurities and to present us holy before the Lord. And so if you're in a place right now, maybe you're having a crisis of faith moment, or maybe you're facing your greatest challenge. You're, you're, you're risking everything to, to say yes to an uncertain future that you know God is leading you into, but you're not sure what it's going to look like. Be comforted in understanding that this is part of the process and that on the other side of that, on the other side of that is transformation. Listen, you will never be the same. You will never be the same. And the Holy Spirit, just like the initiation stage, is with you in that greatest conflict moment as he was in the little ones. That's why we have to go through the little ones. It builds our faith. It gives us a resiliency, a perseverance, a willingness to go through. And then as we meet that greatest challenge, we go through there. And this happens, kind of this greatest challenge, this transformation, when we finally surrender to Jesus and we we receive salvation. And then in other areas of life where he is bringing transformation and wholeness, the same type of thing is expressed in those places as well. Press in, be resilient, don't give up, keep going forward. The Holy Spirit will guide and mentor and lead you through that dark moment as well. And what happens is on the other side of that, whatever you used to be in that moment, now you become something else. And so this would be kind of at the point of salvation where you are recreated, that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. But in the areas where you are being sanctified by the work of Christ in you, this is where breakthrough finally happens. This is the moment where the addiction finally loses its ability to hold on to you. This is the point where that, that fear that has always impeded you, that it is broken and it is dispelled in the name of Jesus. This is the point of breakthrough. But we have to recognize that if we, if we bail out in the initiation stage, if the little things derail us, we'll never be able to face the big thing that if we press through leads to victory and breakthrough and transformation in our life. So stay resilient, trust the Lord, move forward, go uh, willingly and knowingly into the difficult things that Jesus would say, come and follow me. Yeah, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to go with you. Yeah, come, uh, come and follow me. This is going to be difficult, but I'm going with you. It's that faith and that trust, not in your ability or strength or what you know or what's comfortable. It's your faith and trust in him that will see you through that stage. And then as you move through the transformation stage, you get to the last one, and this is the hero's return. This is the hero's return. And this in the story, this is oftentimes the resolution. And in the hero's return, here's what happens. The person who has been absolutely transformed has to figure out how to be the new you in the old world. 
If you think about this in the salvation type of, uh, of a scenario for you, this is where you have received Christ and you're new, but none of your friends are new. They're still doing the same old thing. Those of you who got saved and you were the first member of your family to profess faith in Christ, you know what this feels like? Where all of a sudden you've been changed and redeemed by Jesus and you go home for Thanksgiving and nobody else has joined you in that journey. It's awkward. It feels, it feels uncomfortable. Like, how, how do I be the new me in the old brokenness of the way things are? That's a very real challenge. But also in this stage is the opportunity for you to go and to become a mentor or a helper to others. This is where the end of maybe your hero's journey becomes the beginning of another's and you join them. This is why Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 says these words. Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Hey guys, I did this for you. You go do this for others. Hey guys, I walked with you. Now you go walk with others. You've been transformed by my presence. Now go in my name and bring transformation to others. We take a new place in the old world, and we go and we make disciples. We teach what we know, we share what we have, and even though there's gonna be the, the transformation process of salvation and then lots of little ones in your growth and development and your maturity, all along the way, you're bringing others with you. Share what you have, teach what you know, invite them to go, encourage, gather, journey together. And move forward into the plans and the purposes that God has for us as individuals and then collectively as the body of Christ. Church family, I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. Worship team, if you would come back forward. We're going to consider just a few questions this morning as we close. And as the uh, worship team makes their way forward, um, church family, I want to invite you to just start with this question. And allow the Holy Spirit to maybe begin to open your eyes to how this might be helpful. But can you identify an area or areas in your life that presently fit into one of those stages. Maybe you're dealing with a crisis of faith, a challenge of a lifetime. Maybe you're being faced right now with your greatest failure. It's an opportunity for transformation. Maybe you're dealing with just little challenges, just one after another after another, and you're just like, you're, you're getting weary and, and getting tired. You're in that initiation stage and you need to just, you need to lead on your guide. You need to lean on your mentor. You need to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit and just lean into him. Scripture says to, because we live by the Spirit, because we're alive by the Spirit, to be in step with the Spirit. So maybe you need to get the rhythm of your life back in step with the way that the Holy Spirit would lead you. Maybe you're in a place right now where you're feeling the tension, where Jesus is saying, all right, this is it. It's time for you to take this step. It's time for you to take this step of faith. It's time for you to profess your faith or, or maybe take the responsibility of, of stewarding the spiritual uh, growth of your family or your home. Maybe it's something of, of being called to take a step of faith in your finances, in your generosity. That can be a, a very real and difficult one for us to move forward in. Maybe it has to do with your attitude or your perspective. Maybe it has to do with anger or issues of character but where the spirit of God would be saying, all right, let's, let's do this. And there's this call, there's this invitation and you're not really sure that you wanna go. You're feeling the tension there. 
Would you be willing to allow him to prepare your heart and to take that step of faith? Maybe you're in a place where there's opportunity right now to, to share what you know. An opportunity to be the hero who has been transformed, who now returns and says, I'm gonna make a difference. I'm gonna be a part. I'm gonna encourage the next story of another. Lord, when we are faced with these questions, we're left with one more and it's how will we choose to respond? And today we would offer ourselves before you and we would ask you to soften our hearts and help us to take steps of faith forward. Lord, most of us wouldn't see ourselves as heroes for your kingdom. We wouldn't see very many heroic things in us. But most stories of the heroic begin that way. Men and women who are obscure and unassuming, sometimes just fumbling and failing forward. That somehow as they begin the journey, move through a process of being wholly transformed. Lord, would you do that in us as we take little steps of faith this week? Help us to say yes to your invitation. Lord, help us to press through little difficulties, knowing that they build strength and growth and resiliency in us. Encourage us by your spirit when we face our major change or major crisis or our major failure. And Lord, give us a willingness to take the responsibility of others' growth upon ourselves when we return, that we would be a mentor, a helper, a guide to others, that we would show them the way that you have changed us and invite them to receive the same. Give us a resiliency this week to press on, to live into life transformed by Jesus in your name. Amen. Amen. We got three action steps for you this week. And they're just three things that I want to encourage you to remember. The first one is that trials are a part of your kingdom adventure. Okay, you're going to face difficulties. Resolve that. Get used to it. Number two, you don't face those difficulties alone. The Holy Spirit is present and with you. And then number three, each one of those difficulties is an opportunity for growth and transformation. Take those steps of faith.